At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Run Line, VSIN's premier baseball betting show. With Adam Burke, here's Ben Wilson. Welcome back in. It is hour number two of VSIN's premier baseball betting show. It's the Run Line from downtown Las Vegas, Circa Sportsbook Studios, back alongside Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson. Jason Kahn, our producer, doing a great job behind the glass tonight. As we discuss so many more things over our next hour, we'll talk real or fake, a couple of really interesting pitchers. We'll talk prospects, why that matters to Adam here in hour number two. And we'll go through all the top games on tomorrow's card. And man, we have a doozy of big time pitching matchups. First, though, quick update. We're still in the bottom of the fifth Sunday night baseball. Astros four, White Sox one. And we, we've been having the discussion during the break, Adam, uh, because we just saw the first career home run earlier in this game from one J.J. Matashevich of Houston, and the, the fan who caught the home run ball was asked to give the ball to this, you know, this young player because it was his first home run ball. And they're reporting on ESPN that they gave the fan six tickets along with to a future Astros game, six batting practice access tickets to that same game, and a Jose Altuve autographed ball. And he got to be interviewed by Ken Rosenthal, which how, you know, how, how, can you put a, or how can you put a value on that? What would, uh, what would uh, if you caught somebody's first home run ball, Adam, what would you ask for? I just want to be the person that gives him the ball. I just I want to be there for that moment, congratulate him, because yeah, I mean that's, that's a huge thing. Obviously, not only to get to the majors and hit a home run, but everything that you go through to get to that point. You know, playing in the minor leagues. Obviously, Major League Baseball is starting to pay more attention to you know the living conditions and you know the uh, nutrition, all that of minor league players. But you know, for a lot of these guys trying to come up through the system, the long bus rides and all that kind of thing, I just kind of want to see the look on his face. You know, to to be able to hold that baseball and. You know, have that. that to That's a warm fuzzy. Forever. That's a know, warm right? fuzzy. Look at, at Father's Day and nice odes to Dad. Wow. I would just ask to make sure that player was available to come on the run line the following Sunday. That would be my. Are you one upping <laughs> no, no. Are, are you actually, are you a one upper? I never no, really no, no. noticed. My, my but... actual my actual response would be because so the first time I ever was in a major league baseball clubhouse as a as a TV station intern in college, the first time I was in a clubhouse was after Nori Aoki hit a walk off home run for the Brewers and got. And his translator got pied in the face. This is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I would ask, if, assuming the team won, if I could go into the clubhouse and, and pie the player in the face okay. with you know, the shaving cream pie. Because okay. that would just seem appropriate. Yeah. And that seems right. like the coolest Major League Baseball bondage-type deal. So I would want to do that. That's fair. I realize that's, that's a very odd I'll, thing to I'll request. Just, I'll just hand it to him. And okay, there you go. Uh, I, don't, I don't have to ruin his day. <laughs> don't have to ruin his day. Uh, exactly. But anyway. Uh, we have made it through five innings, so uh, four to one now, Astros, and it looks like Ryan Stanek coming in to replace Christian Javier. So Javier's day 
is done. Just looking at uh, his box, Adam, and I know you mentioned earlier how both of these pitchers are doing a great job limiting hard contact. Javier, two hits, four walks, five strikeouts, and one run loud, allowed. Uh, it was earned in his five innings of work. Only through, uh, let's see, he was at 93 pitches, so count was getting up there, but uh, his day is done. We showed you the, uh, the updated odds a second ago. Astros now mega, mega favorites. If you want to get into this, you're, you're, you'd have to lay two and a half runs at minus 180 here, uh, live total. Right now at about seven and a half, little juice to the under, and which is near where we started. This thing closed seven uh, with a little bit of juice to the over. So the total will be interesting to watch coming home. Astros were about $1.45 favorite. Uh, something we noticed earlier, Adam, and we had this discussion right at the top of the show, was about how there are new pitcher limits that go into effect tomorrow, and you've been doing some breakdowns here while we've had a chance in between breaks, looking at what sort of teams might be a little bit susceptible to the new crackdown here. We go back to our traditional rules, 13 pitcher maximum on the 26-man roster, and which, again, goes in effect tomorrow. They had the grace period because of the late start to spring training as a result of the MLB lockout, but uh, the Guardians, your team, Cleveland Guardians, they could be in a spot based just on their scheduling alone where this could become an issue for them here going forward. Yeah, I believe they've had 10 postponed games so far this season because of weather. And in fact, my buddy Gage actually tweeted this a few minutes ago during the break that after the off day that the Guardians have tomorrow, they play 18 games in 16 days. So obviously, oh. you don't have to be a math major to realize there's a couple of double headers in there for them. And that's something that will be happening a lot as we go forward here. We've seen a lot of these scheduled double headers. Now, you get a 27th man when you play a doubleheader, but a lot of teams are using that to be one of the spot starters for one of those two games. So you know, the impact of a doubleheader can be pretty long-ranging, and now that we're going down to this decreased pitcher limit, definitely want to make sure, try and take stock in you know how often these teams have off days. And I preach about this all the time because I, I really do prefer full-game betting to first-five type stuff. Make sure you look at that bullpen usage chart. Wherever it is you're getting that from, Fangraphs does a good one on the roster resource page. Baseballpress.com does a good one. Make sure you're paying attention who's available and who's not and what their recent workloads have looked like because now managers don't have that extra pitcher. And real quick, you, know, you were talking about Christian Javier throwing 93 pitches to get 15 outs here over his five innings. I'm seeing this a lot lately. I'm mm -hmm. seeing a lot of guys get their pitch counts run up into the mid to upper 90s, even touching 100 after five innings. Look, you know, managers are trying to steal innings with these guys right now and you know, going down to a 13-pitcher limit, that's going to have a really, really big impact, particularly when it comes to full-game betting. No, it's fascinating. And at least, luckily, for the, for the Guardians' sake, they have a day off tomorrow. They'll start a three-game set against the Twins, and that's where that 18... Big series uh, big, for both teams, big actually. series. And you look at the AL Central. I, it's funny. I feel like we have reason to discuss the AL Central in particular almost every week. But right now, Guardians 4-1. to one. They're a game back at the Twins, who are plus 130. At least at DraftKings, the White Sox still plus 125 favorites. At, at this very moment, and about to drop, assuming they lose this game, they would drop to five games out at 31 and 33. But I know we've had this discussion before about the division, but just in general, you were telling me, Adam, that uh, our esteemed colleague, Matt Humans, he asked you earlier this week if you had one futures ticket, one free futures ticket, you could bet on one team to win the World Series. Your response was? Well, he told me it had to be at Circa. So when oh, I went okay. looked at the Circa prices, I saw the White Sox at 32 to 1. And you know, they are, I think, 25 to 1 at DraftKings. As always, with anything else, shop around for the best price. But this White Sox team, right? They're gonna play four teams in the second half that are playoff contender-ish. I don't think the Guardians are this good, but they are playing them. 
They've got to play the Twins. They have 16 games head-to-head left against the Minnesota Twins. They play the Padres, and they also play the Astros in the second half. Chicago has the worst remaining strength of schedule in Major League Baseball. That's even with what the Guardians have done here, winning, I believe, 15 of 19 now, or 15 of 20 uh, after winning today's game, winning a series against the Dodgers. But this White Sox team, Lance Lynn is back now. He's still working his way into form, but at least he's back. Liam Hendricks will be back soon. They're thinking maybe three weeks on him with that forearm issue that he's got. Eloy Jimenez should come back soon. Tim Anderson was activated today, so he'll be back. Uh, This White Sox team, best rotation in the division by far. I would say probably the best, well, maybe the second best bullpen behind Cleveland. And their lineup when they get healthy is really, really good. I'm still a believer in this team. I'm just waiting. I keep, I know that, you know, listeners and readers probably have to be frustrated because we keep saying we're waiting for that buy point. We're waiting for that buy point. But Chicago's second half schedule is really that buy point for me. So I, I, at some point here over the next few weeks, I will be invested in Chicago, not only to win the Central, but maybe with that World Series flyer as well. Because if I'm getting that big of a number, all I need them to do is get into the playoffs and I can start playing. With them. That's and, all I need them yeah, to do. That, that's all you're asking for. I'm seeing. It's not like you, you bet a six to one. You need them to probably yeah. win it or at least get to the World Series. Seeing them 10 to one in the AL markets at DraftKings. Again, you can probably do a little bit better depending on, on where you shop around. But that's a great point you make. Uh, even though a lot of the numbers, as we've talked about so far, have just been so disappointing and the whole mm-hmm. Tony LaRusso piece is manager. But yes, big series, as you talked about, for the Guardians against the Twins this week and uh, for. For the White Sox, who host the Blue Jays coming in tomorrow, and it will be Lance Lynn going back out there against Jose Barrios. So talk about, uh, I mean, talk about an interesting pitching matchup right there. Barrios, who's just been brutal, uh, formerly of the AL Central, who the White Sox are very, very familiar with, and you get Lance Lynn. This is It's his second start, correct, uh, tomorrow, I believe? Second or third? Either second yeah, or third. I mean, uh, you know, in his, in his last start, his second start, it'll actually be for him this year, but second in his start, last yeah. start... You know, going off on the third base coach for the team's defensive positioning. Always a sound uh, you know, he's, uh <laughs> That's a guy that puts a lot of money in the swear jar, too. And and he was definitely doing that after his last start. And look, I mean, he gave up 10 hits and four and a third. So, you know, the command obviously wasn't great, but, you know, kind of letting off his frustration on one of the coaches there. And he is a, a very, we'll say, fiery guy. What makes you say that? <laughs> if you can read lips, that's what makes if you, you say if you, that. If you have the, see, I'm a very bad lip reader. No, but you, you apparently know. And you combine that with a, a guy in Barrios. Who, look, I mean, the record is like 5-2, and two, and he's gotten good run support this season. Still, though, 465 ERA, 554 expected ERA. And you go to uh, the south side of Chicago where I'm seeing – I mean, it makes sense that you've got a nine total here. I see one shop you can get even juice, but juice pretty quickly popping up on the over there, and, and you can imagine why. Yeah, 47% hard hit rate for Jose oh. Barrios this season. And oh. again – that means batted balls of 95-plus miles per hour where the league batting average is 481. So not that's, a really good thing. If that's happening half the, almost half the time, right. you can kind of see what Right, and a there. barrel rate of 12% almost. So he gives up a lot oh. of hard contact is basically what we're saying here. If he was left-handed, I couldn't bet this over fast enough with the White Sox. Right. Uh, they have struggled a ton against righties here so far this season, but Barrios is living way too much in the middle of the plate for my liking, and, and Toronto, one of those teams that's relied very heavily on the bullpen – as a result, and they're a team that, you know, they'll have to get down to that 13-pitcher limit tomorrow. And Brios, he does not, uh, because remember he had the injury earlier and missed a little bit of time, he does not qualify, at least for fan graphs, the, the, among the league worse as far as most hard-hit percentage given up. Uh, who do you think, and this is going to be a good lead into our next segment, who do you think is the, are, are the top five, at least of qualified pitchers, who have the 
highest hard hit percentages allowed this year. Put me on the spot here with this one. And the sad thing is I actually looked at this not that long ago. I mean, I know you look and, at and it like I'm, every day. <laughs> I do. I Yeah, I mean, I, I have 55 Fangraphs tabs open you know, pretty, <laughs> much, pretty much on a regular basis. Well, but, I just gave it away. I mean, one guy we're going to talk about next. Yeah, I mean, look, Barrios is definitely one. Herman Marquez is another guy who's given up a ton of hard contact so far He's this nice. season. He's just outside. Uh, Madison Bumgarner is a guy He's who's fifth. given up a lot of it. Um but, you know, uh, oh, Logan Gilbert, I guess, giving up a lot of it, too. He uh, He's sixth. He's right there as well. A guy we saw get lit up today, Dane Dunning, is fourth. Yep. Uh, Patrick Corbin, not a surprise whatsoever. No, he is number two. Uh, Nadia Valdi okay. is right now the, the active leader, 40, uh, 40% for him. But, again, this is of qualified guys. A player we're going to talk about next in Real or Fake, Tristan McKenzie. He's up there, 38%. As of right now. So that is an interesting one to look at. And we'll discuss him next because otherwise, though, like the numbers are really, really good for McKenzie. We're going to talk about him and one other pitcher who is at the top of a respected team's rotation, or at least near the top of it. We'll talk about that when we return right here from Circa on Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. Put some cash in your pockets with the Wrangler Hoops Draft Challenge. Make your picks on where the future stars will land at DraftKings.com/slash Wrangler and compete for your share of about ten thousand dollars in prizes. Wrangler for the ride of life. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. The DraftKings.com for details. As we're back on the run line, we've got our producer behind the glass, Jason Kahn. By the way, I haven't mentioned this before, Adam. Great to see our guy, Brendan Mendez, who normally works for us remotely in lovely Colorado. He's back in the building. little Vegas trip for Brendan Mendez. So great to see our guy, Brendan, uh, here in town. I know, Absolutely. Uh, you know, last time he was here, I bought him a celebratory birthday drink, Adam. So okay. Now there it's you your turn to pick up the tab. Sounds good. You always like picking up tabs. I'm, I'm good he's, with picking up tabs. He's a big tab picker upper. Absolutely. He is that guy. I want everyone to have a good time. He wants everybody to have a good time. Speaking yeah. of a good time. There's a Wrangler outlet down at the South Outlets. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You're, so you're familiar with it. I am. I'm familiar. Nice pair of Wranglers is uh, solid. Always a solid. Are you wearing Wranglers right now? I am not. Oh. <laughs> no, but not that anybody could tell. <laughs> I am not. You could have lied. Nobody would have ever known, Adam. That's the beauty of television. Alas. I saved those for, not that this isn't a special occasion, but I, I oh, saved, okay. I saved I those for special I occasions when, when I, I bust out the cowboy boots. I see, I see where you're going here. But you're like you're not a fake person at all, okay? Even though you you could have lied about your your wardrobe, and then I would have said, "All right." Speaking of fake people, we talk real or fake. <laughs> but we go to this segment where we've had a lot of fun doing this, and we've I mean we've isolated some really fascinating uh, pictures here over the last month or so. 
We'll go to Tristan McKenzie first because that's who we just talked about leading in among the league leaders in hard hit percentage. But And a guy who is set to face Minnesota. We discussed how big of a series that is for AL Central implications this week starting on Tuesday. McKenzie slotted to go on Wednesday against the Twins. Uh, what have you seen, and you've watched, I imagine, every single one of his starts this year? When you compare his numbers from last year to the improvements you've seen this year, are you buying what you're seeing out of Tristan McKenzie in 2022? Yeah, so you look at Tristan McKenzie from last year, 495 ERA, 470 FIP, still had the high strikeout rate, but he paired it with a high walk rate. So he was very, very frustrating to watch last season where he just wouldn't work deep into games at all. He made 24 starts, one relief appearance. He only threw 120 innings. So far this year, you see a lot more efficiency. The walk rate's gone down to 7%, but he's also pitching to a lot more contact, 22.4% strikeout percentage. So the strikeout rate's down about 5% from last year. But the walk rate is about 5% better. So this season in 11 starts and one re, uh, excuse me, one relief appearance, 70 innings pitched. So he's working a lot deeper into games. That's a good thing for him. But with that being said, 296 ERA, 438 FIP. So first of all, you look at that and you think, okay, this is a guy in line for some negative regression. And I agree with that. Got a 197 batting average on balls and play against an 85.6% left on base percentage. And... When I see a strikeout decrease with a left-on-base percentage increase, I call shenanigans on that right away because it's so much easier to be able to strand runners when you're striking guys out. So I think McKenzie's in line for some tough starts here. He allows a lot of hard contact, specifically a lot of hard contact in the air. That should benefit the Twins coming up in his start on Wednesday. Mm. So may end up on Minnesota depending on what that price looks like. I'm not fully buying Tristan McKenzie, and I never have. Most of my friends and people I know that analyze the or the Guardians do believe in McKenzie more than I do, but the command profile is not great for me. He gives up a lot of home runs, and he gives up a lot of hard aerial contact. I think that's a really big problem. So I'm selling McKenzie long-term. Okay. I think that what he's done so far here is a little bit fake. And well, we just talked about the hard hit rates for McKenzie and where he ranks in the last segment. Barrel percentage, which is yet another metric of how hard a guy is getting hit he's at 9.5 percent that's 11th worst in the major leagues and uh, you look at the guardian staff zach plesek has the worst barrel percentage in the big leagues tristan mckenzie is also up there he's 11th worst and shane bieber is 12th worst so that's got there has to be some concern there especially as we're now into the summer months where you start and again guardians have taken advantage of a soft schedule having a lot of cold weather dates early on at least and, and playing in in their specific region but that has to be, I would imagine, Adam, for, uh, for anybody who's handicapping this race, you're probably not going to be gravitating toward the Guardians for a variety of reasons, but that is just, I would think, one of them when your three workhorses are all giving up a lot of barreled balls on a pretty regular basis. Right, and for McKenzie, if you go look at his stat cast data over at Baseball Savant, so he throws his fastball about 62% of the time. I don't like guys like that to begin with because fastballs are just generally the most hittable pitch that a guy throws. His actual batting average against and 119 batted ball events on the fastball is 184. His expected batting average against is 259. His slugging percentage against is 369, but his expected slugging is 530. Oh. So this is a guy getting very, yeah. very lucky so far this season. Part of that has to do with the fact that the Guardians are a really, really solid defensive team, particularly in the outfield. But some other part of that is just he's gotten fortunate this season. And I think that that level of luck does have a chance to run out where his expected weighted on base average is 80 points higher based on batted ball direction, exit velocity, launch angle, all of that than uh, his actual weighted on base average of 290. Okay. So 
He is a clear-cut regression candidate in my mind. And not only will I probably fade him on Wednesday, I'll be looking for other spots to do so as well. File that away. We're going to go through the top games for Monday's card in about 20 minutes, but still. And I know you're going to have your daily write-up as well, but be thinking about that. Wednesday's matchup, we'll see where the line ends up going on, on the McKenzie matchup as he and the Guardians play host to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, we transition now to the National League and a pitcher in the NL East who has uh, traditionally been a very good pitcher and at a time was an ace for a Miami Marlins staff that was viewed as a very up-and-coming young pitching staff. A lot of people would argue it still is, but it's now being led by Sandy Alcantara, who as it currently stands is the betting favorite now to win the NL Cy Young Award as he has leapfrogged Corbin Burns and Joe Musgrove as of last check. A guy, though, that used to lead that, that charge there in the rotation, a guy by the name of Trevor Rogers, who has had a pretty steep drop-off, at least in the raw numbers this year, Adam, with a near 6 ERA. A guy who had such a bright start to his career, going through tough times, while a lot of other pitchers around him are looking really, really good. So what say you on real or fake when we talk about Trevor Rogers in Miami? Yeah, the really unfortunate thing here for Trevor Rogers is he's had a big drop in strikeouts and a big spike in walks. And those two things in concert are really, really bad together. You look at him last year, 28.8% strikeout percentage. This year, 18.7%. So it's actually down 10% from where it was over 2020 and 2021. So, you know, he pitched really well in that COVID-shortened season, pitched really well last year. Also, this year, not getting the strikeouts. The walk rate is up to over 11%. That is very, very bad. That would be in the 16th percentile, according to StatCast. So that's not a good number at all whatsoever. 587 ERA, 522 FIP. And, and that's really what it is for him. You know, the spin rates look fine. The velocity looks fine. But he's just not commanding the baseball, not controlling the zone effectively. This seems probably to me to be some sort of mechanical issue that he's having. But... There's really no end in sight for it. So when you when you decrease your margin for error by losing 10% on your strikeout rate, a lot more balls in play. The Marlins are not the greatest of defensive teams. They're okay, but they're not that good. And also, too, you'll get a guy like Trevor Rogers and really that staff as a whole. Pitching at Lone Depot Park is much easier at home than going out on the road. It is a ballpark that actively suppresses offense, does a very good job of it. So you really look to probably fade a guy like Rogers on the road here. I don't know if I would say that this is real, these significant struggles that he's mm -hmm. having, because based on his track record, there's something that's fixable there, but he hasn't been able to figure out what it is here so far this season. I always think, and you talk about guys who really struggle with command and how it balloons to other parts of their game, certainly some differences here because he was used more in a, in a bullpen role mm -hmm. in his second full year in the majors, and this is really, I mean, you look at Trevor Rogers as an age 24-year-old you know, guy, this is really his third full season in the big leagues, but... Remember, Corbin Burns had a 2019 that was just an absolute train wreck, unmitigated disaster in every sense of the word. And they wanted him to be a starter, but the command was so bad, and, and it was nearly four walks per nine, which is basically where, as we've just discussed, where Rodgers is at about right now. I mean, Burns had an 882 ERA that season, and, and the underlying numbers were, I mean, it was a fielding independent pitching of 609 that year. Clearly, that's an elite guy with elite stuff who was able to figure it out, and a lot of those, you know, they're fastball velocity burns throws a little bit harder but it's still pretty comparable so it's like where do you look at do you look at pitching coaches coming in and remember that was when the brewers had Derek johnson who did a tremendous job turning around the entire staff before he left for cincinnati is it is it park factors is it circumstances it regular opponents you're seeing like what goes into a turnaround like that for guys who we know have the goods it's just a matter of unlocking it burns is an example of somebody who's done it 
I'm not sure if Rodgers is going to be another example when we can, you know, point to maybe in a year from now. Yeah, you bring up Derek Johnson. That's a really good point. I mean, the pitching coaches make so much of a difference. I mean, this is, I believe, the third full season for Matt Blake with the Yankees, and obviously we see everything that they're doing on the pitching side. So Trevor Rodgers is throwing his fastball way too much. It's a bad fastball. And so I look for indicators of guys changing their pitch usage up a little bit, but Rodgers' fastball has been getting hit all year long, and here in the month of June, he's throwing his fastball 59% of the time, and it just – it doesn't register for me. And the reason why he was kind of in that relief role, he only throws three pitches. And if you've got a bad fastball, but you can come out of the bullpen, think about Matt Whistler for the Rays, right? Sure. He's throwing like 85% sliders. Think about Jake Junis for the Giants. They move him back in the rotation, and he's throwing 53 54% sliders. If you've got a bad fastball, it's hard to be a starting pitcher unless you make some sort of big usage change. He's going in the wrong direction with his, and I don't think that's going to help him out whatsoever. I loved Matt Whistler back in like 20. I, oh, I had so much fantasy stock in Matt Whistler circa 2015. <laughs> Didn't look great. Didn't look great like a year in. And, and I, I no longer have fantasy stock in Matt Whistler. <laughs> don't blame me for that. <laughs> you cannot. Good reliever, though. Good, solid reliever, Matt Whistler. Didn't think we'd be mentioning him on the show, but uh, here we are. Up next, we're going to talk some prospects, why they matter, some changes in the minor leagues. We'll discuss that with Adam next as we roll on here on VEASAN. You found VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line. Draft like no other. Wine like no other. Play free during the PGA Tour with the Mayomi Dare to Play Unrivaled Golf Series. Enter five free contests to take your shot at a share of $25,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi now to join the action. Mayomi, flavor forward. 21 plus only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Speaking of golf, congratulations to the Long Shots crew. Our guy Wes Reynolds, he was on. Matthew Fitzpatrick, who gets the job done in the U.S. Open. Six under par. I knew a couple of people who, who liked Matty Fitzpatty this week. Did you know? Uh, did you know? By the way, Adam Francis, we met won the 1913 U.S. Open at the Country Club in Brookline. <laughs> did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> Seems like it was only mentioned once every five minutes on the U.S. Open uh, NBC broadcast. A lot of people had Zalatoris, too. A lot of people had Will Zalatoris. He's going to get it. He will win a major eventually. Well, our dude dude Femi Abefefe was tweeting about it after the tournament that, uh, you know, he's like, I I don't know if I could do this Zalatoris thing again. And then he was looking up his odds to win the Open Championship. Oh, he'll be. And probably made a bet on it already. I mean, one of our. I'll talk to him tomorrow about it. On the edge. Yeah. Sounds like a great plan. One of our technical directors, Jeremy Wengel, I think he's been on Zalatoris for the last like 16 years, every single event. Since Zalatoris was, you know, an eight-year-old, he's been he's betting playing on junior Zalatoris. events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yet to get one, but he, he's, he's very, very close. Uh, in talking about youngsters, guys coming up, making it to the big time, let's talk prospects because there are reasons to pay attention to the minor leagues, even if for casual betters, you're probably thinking, like, well, come on, come on, Adam, why do I need to care about the minor leagues? Well, you are, you are going to make the case over the next uh, nine minutes that, that you do, and there's a variety of reasons for that when it comes to the daily and futures betting markets here. All right, so there are a few things that you need to know about minor league baseball, specifically the current state of minor league baseball, where Major League Baseball is using them as a test lab, right? They're using all of these minor league players as guinea pigs. You've got a pitch clock in all levels uh, of Major League Baseball. You've got them testing out grips, as we mentioned, testing out different substances on the baseball and all of that. You've got... Larger bases in the minors, which are expected to implement next year at the major league level. You've got no shift allowed in double A, high A, and low A. So, again, they're testing that to see what kind of the impact of that might be next year in major league baseball. So, when you're evaluating 
call-ups and the guys that come up and get spot starts or hitters or whatever the case may be, you want to keep in mind that these leagues are all a little bit different. You know, They all have kind of different things going on. And so you get a pitcher that gets called up from AAA, especially a guy who hasn't been in the big leagues before. You got a pitch clock down there, and then you come up, and there is no pitch clock. It's just kind of whatever happens kind of happens. So you're used to being in this kind of rhythm in your minor league starts. Now you come up and you have hitters that are going to be really savvy. They're going to step out of the box. They're going to call timeout on you and all that. Hitters get one timeout per plate appearance in the minor leagues. Guys here step out all the time at the major league level. So that's something that can kind of frustrate and fluster a young pitcher. That's something that I would be keeping an eye on. But more importantly than that, AAA, there are two different leagues. There's the Pacific Coast League and there's the International League. The Pacific Coast League is basically like playing home run derby all the time. It's basically like playing all of your games at Coors Field because a lot of these ballparks are at elevation. They're in warm weather. The ball really carries well. You think about spring training, for example, down in Arizona where you get all these really high-scoring games because the atmospheric conditions are really conducive Mm -hmm. to offense. So in the PCL, 5.8 runs scored per game per team this season. So we're talking about games that average almost 12 runs per game. In the International League, 4.7 runs per game per team. So we're talking about games that stay under double digits for the most part. So if you're looking at a call-up from the PCL, that's a guy whose numbers may not look all that good, but keep in mind, he's basically pitching in launching pads all the yeah. time. Well, and think about the cities. I mean, Colorado right. Springs, it's mm-hmm. Salt Lake, it's it's here in Vegas. Albuquerque. Albuquerque is a good Reno. one. Reno, another great example. Right. Keep it. I, I first minor league, uh, first AAA game I ever went to. I saw Odalis Perez make a rehab start for the then Las Vegas 51s against the now defunct Portland Beavers and Justin Germont. That was the pitching match. I, I have a Portland Beavers T-shirt. You do? I do. <laughs> That's great. I do. I mean, I, and it was like a bajillion. Obviously, we're here in Las Vegas. It was approximately, approximately a bajillion degrees out. There were a lot of balls hit a long way that night, and it was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. But you, as you point out, there are there are reasons to take those numbers. Uh, differently and again as we and, and out too it's funny on the one hand we just talked about okay pitcher limits as well that go back into play so teams are, are not going to have as much flexibility when it comes to pitching but still we are in that time of year now where and it's been a constant talking point right where these top prospects get get held down on purpose for financial reasons which is just insane and stupid and that that should be changed when you're you're refusing to promote a player just because you don't want to start the clock on their service time and not have to pay them a year sooner, it's, it's insane. It takes away from the product in the game. But that at the same time, though, Adam, means that we're kind of in that, that point of the year where there are going to be some guys called up pretty soon. We've seen some rumblings already, guys like O'Neill Cruz, who we expect up any day now, top prospect for the Pirates, who, by the way, is 12-1 to 1 to win Rookie of the Year, even though in the NL, even though he hasn't even made his debut yet. But we are in that time of the season where that could also start to happen, and I'm sure that's going to impact some of these teams who are about to get an influx of young talent. Right, absolutely, and I should correct myself. The International League is about five runs per game per team, about 4.97, and as I said, the PCL is about 5.8. But also, that leaks into AA, too, where you've got Mm -hmm. the Eastern League, which is a lot of teams in the Northeast and in the Midwest. You've got a Southern League with a lot of teams playing down in the Gulf Coast area, and then a Texas League where, again, it's much more conducive to offense in a lot of these ballparks. So when you're looking at minor league stats, it's very important to know where these affiliates are because – you know, I think about your Brewers, for example. They've since changed this now, but their double-A team was in Biloxi, Mississippi, so basically below sea level. Their triple-A team was in Colorado Springs, and then they would come up to the major leagues in Milwaukee where it's you know virtually sea level, and it would just be 
you really never knew what you were going to get mm -hmm. from these guys because their AAA numbers just didn't look very good. So that's really important to apply context to these guys that are getting called up, not even just the pitchers, but also the hitters. You know, the guys that hit in the PCL, they could wind up with huge numbers, but maybe it doesn't mean as much because of not only the pitching that they're facing, but also the ballpark conditions. So this is definitely something that you want to keep in mind, especially as we said, you know, a lot of teams playing a lot of games without a lot of off days. You've got the pitcher limits now, so guys are going to start getting skipped in the rotation, kind of getting a little bit of a break, stuff like that, and these minor leaguers are going to come up. And basically what I'm saying in a very long-winded way is that not all minor league numbers mm -hmm. are created equal. You've got to know, you know, if a guy's pitching in out here in Vegas, it's 100 degrees, right? I mean, it's 100 degrees every day. The air is thinner. You know, ball travels really well at Las Vegas ballpark. The ball's going to travel well in Albuquerque or Reno, these places at elevation. Those numbers may not be as bad as they seem, particularly when they get to the big league level. So what you want to look for would be strikeout and walk numbers because those are things that – that's a pitcher's talent, right? You know, a pitcher's talent level will be seen through strikeout and walk rates. So maybe don't be worried so much about the home runs or about the slugging percentage, stuff like that, because mm -hmm. it may just be a byproduct of the environment. That's a great point you make. I, and for a time, too, speaking of some of these organizations who are, who are scattered all over the country, like the Milwaukee Brewers, they would just send guys down to single A to make rehab mm -hmm. starts because it was, in, it was the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. It was just more convenient. Right. And how does that throw things off when you, oh, okay, you're going to face, yeah, sure, face a single A lineup instead of a triple A, just because it's easier. So it's interesting how that all you know, that, that'll work into form. And I just wonder now, like, well, you know, which of these guys and Jared Kelnick was sort of the test case for this. And, and I had to say test case, but he was with all the hype given around him of guys who put up these gaudy PCL numbers are viewed as the, as the saving grace, especially for a franchise who like at the, you know, for a Seattle when he came up had, had really not had much success at all. Will Cruz be that same type of guy for Pittsburgh? There's a couple of guys in the Kansas city system who are pretty close to being called up. That's a team obviously among the worst in the major leagues. So you kind of wonder, like, will we get to a point where we understand to have more realistic tempered expectations? And will that kind of have a domino effect in the betting market where you stop maybe not overvaluing these really, really bad teams, but you at least have a more fair interpretation of what a new rookie and a new prospect actually means for them on a day-to-day -day basis? Right, absolutely. And, and, you know, look, I would have loved to have seen, you know, in the CBA negotiations, take off a year of control from arbitration, mm -hmm. get rid of the Super 2, you know, stuff like that to kind of get these guys up there because, as you mentioned, you know, kind of salary suppression is something that, you know, absolutely is a thing. Yeah. But, you know, look, when you, when you talk about guys like tomorrow, you know, we've got Alex Fado going for Detroit. We've got Caleb Killian going for the Cubs. We've got Josh Winkowski going for Boston. You know, we've got a lot of these call-up types of guys that you, you really want to look and see what their numbers actually look like, what their performance tends to be. You got like Killian, for example, he's pitching for the Iowa Cubs in AAA. You know, there's really not anything that stands out about, you know, playing in Iowa. It's not at high elevation. It can get hot, but it's not, you know, absurdly hot like some of these teams in Texas or something like that. So, you know, you just it's it's another part of of this much larger handicapping process, and I think it's really important because the sports books don't know anything about these guys. You know, they're they're kind of putting up a number, they're kind of putting up a number that they think makes sense to them. They're maybe taking a cursory glance at the stats from the minor leagues, but they're not doing the deep dive. They're not really putting as, you know additional layers of context on this. I think you can absolutely find some good betting edges by knowing these call-ups and sort of being able to kind of project their That's performance a, a little bit better. That's a great point. Even though the people of Iowa are now saying, what, there's nothing, there's nothing in Iowa? What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, is there an NL Rookie of the Year or AL Rookie of the Year bet you would be looking at right now? 
Any value to be had? I mean, like you said, like the, Seth the rookie, Beard, rookie year might not even be up yet. I, I would Some bet books. on Seth Beard just for the name. You're a big beer guy. I am. Seth Beard. Hundred. I just saw him in one trap I was looking at. Hundred to one. Hundred to one. O'Neill Cruz. Twelve. I love O'Neill Cruz. They I, might not call him up. No idea. They might call him up in 2029. No, I know. I'm not sure. He's not going to be playing tomorrow. I can tell you that. But we will preview all the top games for tomorrow, starting with the big matchup in the trap. We'll discuss all the top games when we return here on the run line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including one Adam Berg's daily MLB best bets, NFL offseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer that subscription that gets you like we said live video stream so you can watch us on sunday nights 8 to 10 eastern you can also watch scott seidenberg on the look ahead he comes up next here from our circus sportsbook studios adam you're you must be an important person because you made that you made the read so congrats man i, You've done, I i'm pretty you sure I, in life. pretty sure i wrote part of the read oh so that's why <laughs> okay or at least it was it was plucked from the uh, the daily newsletter. You just plucked it out of the okay, out of the daily newsletter. You're going to be writing a daily newsletter tomorrow. We're going to talk about all the top games and we're going to begin that discussion right now because the big pitching matchup and there was a bunch of them. I'm really really we've had some Mondays where there's just like come on, there's just no good pitchers that you really have any confidence in backing. But tomorrow is not one of those Mondays. Garrett Cole goes for the Yankees. Shane McClanahan goes for the Rays. This is a repeat of what we just saw at Yankee Stadium last week. Only difference we're in the trap. And seeing a number right now as high as $1.35 on Cole, but you can still find as low. If you're interested in the raise, I'm seeing the, the low number. Uh, and if you want the raise, best number is plus 118 right now in the market. Lowest number on the Bronx Bombers, minus $1.24. Curious your take, too, on so a Yankee team that has a nine-game winning streak finally snapped on Sunday. We talked about some of the, the amazing records they've had in one-run games this year, having just swept the Rays in a very tight competitive series, albeit one the Yankees were you know, the right side in all three. What do you expect now going back to the trop here where McClanahan was great on Monday in a really difficult in a difficult park and a difficult ask against that Yankee lineup now that he's back on the road and it is here a rematch against Cole? Yeah, I mean, look, Shane McClanahan was much better than his final line score would suggest in that start against the Yankees. He gave up four runs, but three of them were unearned. There was an error that extended the inning. I think it actually kind of kick-started the inning, gave up the three-run homer. McClanahan's been 
so good. So dominant. I, and I don't know if it's because he's with the Rays. He's kind of been overshadowed in this division or what. But, I mean, he's been absolutely incredible throughout the entire course of this season. Lots of swings and misses. He's working deep into games, which is something that Rays starters really haven't done for a while. Um, I, I like him in this spot tomorrow night against Garrett Cole. But I also obviously really like Garrett Cole, who, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's incredible. He has one bad start, and, like, Twitter's all up in arms about it. But, yeah. like, the dude's just consistently really good. And furthermore, he's really good even after the foreign substance crackdown that, you know, he kind of had some issues with that last year, but he's gotten much better with it here. Six and a half is a really low number, but also the Yankees today, despite playing a close game, didn't use Clay Holmes, didn't use Michael King. They wound up using some of the other guys out of that bullpen. Didn't want to use those guys back-to-back days. It's a low total at six and a half, but I could really see this kind of being one of those three, two games at the drop. And it, it's just funny on McClanahan where I remember we talked preseason and I really want, I wanted to bet him so badly. It, it was 18 to one preseason. I just couldn't get there because of the, the limited usage and what mm-hmm. we've seen historically from Kevin Cash. But you look at his game log now, let just go back the last, I'm, last seven starts. He's gone at least six innings and it's been, I mean, really, really efficient. He's not allowed more than, at two earned runs, he's only allowed three earned runs in two different starts all year, and that's the high water mark for him. So it makes sense that he has now moved. He's moved ahead of Justin Verlander in some shops, plus 350 in some markets right now to an AL Cy Young. Garrett Cole, you can still find in the nine to one range. For some of the East Coast books like DraftKings, they will repost those odds after Sunday Night Baseball wraps up. But those are some of the numbers for the books, at least, that keep this up continuously. So it's fi- it's fascinating to see his growth and development and how much trust now this Rays staff has in him, at least. One other thing I want to mention, not that Tampa Bay ever really has home field advantage anyway, but when the Yankees come to town, it is a very pro-Yankees mm-hmm. crowd, for what it's worth. So I'm it doesn't really bother me too much from a handicapping standpoint, but I just wanted to mention that that uh, when the Yankees are there, it's it's Yankee Stadium South. That's true. I've been to a spring training game uh, very near there at the Yankees-Tampa spring training complex. So a lot of a lot of Tampa Bay residents who are big Yankee fans. And this also is a six-and-a-half total. So this is by far your lowest total on the board. Uh, not that I'd be looking to bet over. That's all I can say. No. <laughs> There's no way you could talk me into an over uh, on this one. We Interestingly enough, we have another really good pitching matchup that has a much higher total of eight. It's Logan Webb for the Giants. It's Max Freed for the Braves, two pitchers that, that we've, have been well-documented, at least for me. Big fans of both. Webb has started to rebound from some of his early season struggles, and that was one of the first pitchers that, Adam, you and I highlighted in Regression Report and Real or Fake, guys, a guy that you really were ready to invest in from a long-term perspective. And Max Freed has continued to be so consistent, so solid, and, and a deep ability uh, to go late in games. So when you look at a matchup like this, I first gravitate towards the total. It's a, a line where the Braves, you're a pretty healthy favorite, as high as $1.55 in some shops, as low as about, I'm seeing 144 in others. Uh, any, any side you'd look at, lean here, I, I, I mean, I'm certainly looking at under or, no, under or nothing in this one as far as the total's concerned. This one's going to require a really deep dive for me because the one thing that I don't like about Logan Webb this season is the strikeout rate is down, and the strikeout rate is down quite a bit, and it's due in large part to the spin on a slider. It hasn't been as efficient as it was last season. That being said, in four of his last five starts, he's actually struck out over a batter per inning, so it seems like he's kind of finding that a little bit. The issue for him is he's a 57% ground ball guy, and the Giants are very bad defensively. That's been the one thing truly holding this team back throughout the course of this season, is that they've been bad defensively. Now, of course, the caveat to that is the Braves swing and miss a ton. So if Logan Webb has figured something out to re-optimize the spin on his slider to kind of increase his strikeout rate a little bit, 
then he could have success against this Braves lineup tomorrow because they do swing and miss at a very, very high rate. They strike out at a very high rate. And what has happened during their recent surge is they played a lot of teams that don't strike anybody out. They played a lot of really bad pitching staffs. The Giants are not a bad pitching staff. A lot of their guys have much lower FIPS than ERAs because of their defensive issues that they've been having. So I have to look at this one a little bit deeper because I really like Max Freed, but I think Logan Webb is a guy that does have a higher ceiling than what we've seen here so far. I initially here lean towards the Giants at that plus money price, mm -hmm. but I will have to look into it a lot more. And something else to keep in mind, again, the Braves have played a bunch of nobodies for quite a while now. So what happens when they play a team that's on their level or perhaps better than them? We'll have to wait and see. That's a good question. And Freed, 290 ERA, 294 expected fielding independent pitching. He's certainly backed up all the numbers so far with the 7-2 and two record. I, it's interesting with Webb. His, the percentage of fastballs he's thrown by year, 2019, 56%. 2020, 49%. Last year, 47%. This year, 36%. So he's real. And so I don't know if that is... And again, you're gonna, I know you're going to look deeper into this. I don't know if that is by committing more to the slider. Does that just take time to fight, find the right release points and spins you want to get on that? Because he's throwing the slider nearly as much as the fastball, 32% of the time. That's up, I mean, that's up from 15% just two years ago. So does that mean, and again, he's not giving up a lot of hard contact or barrels either, which leads me to believe like there, there is a good mix there. It's just a matter of finding it. I'm willing to have faith in him and, and you know, I wouldn't back the Giants in this spot just because of the love I have for Freed. That's why I'd look more under. But there's clearly something there, and it's just a matter of how quickly do you discover that when you're a pitcher trying to balance a couple of, couple of interesting spots of a, of a pitch arsenal that certainly means a lot when you're pitching in a really tough division and facing a lot of tough opponents like Webb certainly does most of his starts. Yeah, and I think the thing that's really intriguing about Webb and, and why I have belief in this strikeout rate, his swinging strike percentage is down 1.5% from last year. But his chase rate is up, which means hitters are expanding mm -hmm. the zone more on him. That's a good thing. The only reason his swinging strike rate is down a little bit this year is because hitters are making more contact with pitches outside the zone. That's also fine with me because when you expand the strike zone, you're generally not hitting the ball hard. So you mentioned that his hard hit rate is pretty solid. And I just feel like Logan Webb is a guy that this is maybe a good start or a good matchup for him. And you wouldn't think that going up against a Braves team that's swinging it so well. In my luck, he'll give up seven runs in three innings or something like that. But I think this is a pretty good matchup for him. And you talk about Webb and the pitch usage. Another guy on tomorrow's card is Trevor Rogers, who we talked about already. First game where of the day. Yep. He's throwing more fastballs, and I don't know why, because it's clearly the worst of his three pitches. So that gets me thinking that maybe the Mets team total is a good bet tomorrow. Maybe okay. the over is a good bet. Laying the price with the Mets may not be a bad idea. The Marlins are much better against righties than they are against lefties. And it is an early start, and you are laying dollar you know, fifty, dollar fifty-five. But with what I've seen from Rogers and the lack of adjustments, it makes me think the Mets might not be a bad play tomorrow. You morning. can find a dollar forty-seven, lowest number I'm seeing in the market there on on Peterson and the Mets in that game. And then real quick, Miles Michaelis, Corbin Burns, big series in Milwaukee, Cards and Brewers. One game separates those two in the NL Central. Brewers, I'm seeing about a dollar fifty favorites in this one overnight. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, the thing for me here looking at this game is, you know, for Miles Mikolas, I mean, he threw, what, 123 pitches, 129 pitches going for that no-hitter last time out. There has to be a hangover effect, and it's not because he didn't throw a no-hitter. It's because in back-to-back -back starts now, he's gone at least eight innings. That's something he does not do. And then, you know, in that st last start that I mentioned, 129 pitches, you know, there's a hangover effect to that, even with an extra day of rest. We've talked about how the Brewers run hot and cold. They were so, so cold for, like, three straight weeks. 
Uh, they heated up over the weekend, a, a pretty resounding sweep of the Cincinnati Reds. Hunter Renfro hit three homers in three games. Brewer bats are waking up. Might be at an inopportune time, at least for Michaelis. And I, I think bats. I'd lay it. I think I'd lay right. it tomorrow with the Brewers. You're lay it. Okay. We'll have much more baseball discussion coming up with our guy Scott Seidenberg on the look ahead. But for our producer, Jason Kahn, for Adam Burke, I'm Ben Wilson. We'll see you next Sunday night, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on the run line from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.